All right. Welcome back. It's weird. It's been a it's been a couple months. It's been like what? Dude, I don't even remember the last time we recorded actually. <laughs> it's been too long. It's been the a fa- while. The fact that we don't remember it's the last well, you're right. It was yeah, it was actually 420. It was the very the last time yeah. you guys did a podcast. You guys so we had we had the bright idea to um to record an episode and engage in some recreational uh, marijuana, <laughs> but <laughs> nobody that was on the podcast really smokes. <laughs> so we just we shared one. It was a joint, right? Yeah, we one joint. It was fucking fat, bro. It was like <laughs> every, everyone was. Wrapped in key, bro. Like one joint, doozy yeah. each and every one. Well, how much was the rotation? How many people? One, two, dude. We it took was four or five people, <laughs> and we each took like one joint. We didn't even four it. or five people. We didn't even finish it, bro. Yeah, we, we didn't finish it. <laughs> we each took like one hit, dude. We, or no, three hits. We, 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 yeah, we smoked <laughs> it. We came back inside, and we started dropping like flies, dude. Like one person, one tapped person out. goes to sleep. And then the other person's like, oh, let me go check on them. And they never come back. In a, of, in a span of 20 minutes, bro, it was insane. That's gnarly. It's that insane. is very gnarly. Well, But we're back, and uh, we're here to entertain, hopefully. Um, you might be wondering who's sitting next to us. Yeah, the guy has been talking about weed with him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the name is Joshua Ceballos, um, born and raised here in Modesto, California. Great to have me back. Um, <laughs> I've now resided in the Bay Area, San Francisco. I've just gotten back of my tour of being in San Diego, Los Angeles for the past five years. Um, I own a fashion designer brand. I'm a fashion designer now. I make clothes. I make people look damn good. So that is what I do. That is what I do as a profession. Uh, it all started out when I was a retail kid making minimum wage. And I said, where were you working? <laughs> I started out men's warehouse oh, okay. at Vintage Fair. There so, you go. That, that was Homegrown. Prom season was probably wild there, huh? Dude, okay. So, yeah, about that was, I wasn't even a salesman. I, was, I wasn't even a salesman. How Where crazy is that? I was your tuxedo rentalist. When you came in for prom, <laughs> guess, who, <laughs> guess uh, who you were seeing? Okay. You were seeing me. And so, um, you know, I eventually started asking the smart question of, are you a freshman? Are you a sophomore? Are you, you know, upperclassman yeah. like a normal prom kid? Anyone that was an upperclassman, I'd be like, yo. You're going to be back at prom in about the next couple of years. Go buy a suit. Don't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> so simple as that. Um, long story short, that job ended because uh manager fired me. And he told me, I will never be a salesman in the fashion force. Oh, That's funny. That's very, very funny what, now, right? What was his reasoning, though? Well, I mean, I was late all the damn time. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's that. I just was sense. like, this job is bullshit halfway through. And yeah. then... Um, but, you know, Josh, needed a job at the time. And uh, then I realized, okay. And finally, I, I offered the question of like, hey, man, clearly I'm making sales and I don't even sell stuff in this company. So can I be a salesman? He just, you know, pulled me aside. I was like, you know, Josh, as far as work ethic and not being on time, <laughs> you also will probably never be a salesman. And I was just like, there, guys have been here for years. You're, you know, you're a new 18, 19-year-old kid, not a chance. So I was like... It says Sayonara. That's my cue. This is my cue. Get out. And so, funny enough, like two months after that, I actually ended up in San Diego. And what? what um, sorry to interrupt. But oh, like, you're good. Why San Diego out of all the places? Random. I know. So, a lot of people don't know is I'm an avid ex-baseball player. 
I love baseball. Um, yeah, well, you're one of those bullies at, at Enox. Huh? Yeah, it's not Knox, guys. Let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> Knox baseball. Knox baseball, lifted trucks. Yeah. Funny enough. Dude, that, I remember you had a lifted truck. Yeah, of course. You fucking didn't. I mean, of <laughs> course I had a lifted truck. And, like, to talk about that, being back in town, I have to, like, let people know. And that, that's I was 10, 6, 8, whatever years ago. But um, where were we? What were we talking about prior? Uh, baseball. Baseball, yeah. See, I took a dab prior before this, too, so <laughs> four 20s for me every day. But, um, <laughs> baseball, as far as that, I was an avid baseball player, and travel ball for me when I was playing for the team of NorCal, and uh, it was a very, very well-maintained travel team. Most of the kids here in the Central Valley ended up playing for them, if you're even remotely good. Uh, as you all know, up here the weather sucks. Right. Fall, winter, yeah. What do you it's, mean? Yeah. It's terrible, yeah. What the heck seasons? <laughs> and, um... <laughs> So for a baseball kid, that's horrible. You know, you get three months out of the year to play the game you love. And, you know, you got to try to get better. So my parents, you know, kudos to them. Love you guys. But um, they shipped me off to San Diego or any place that had sun 24-7 for a host family or uh, anyone that wanted, you know, a pitcher on their team in SoCal. Right. So San Diego quickly became home. I was – the 14, 15, 16-year-old kid after the game, like, what the hell is he going to do in downtown San Diego, you know? And so I'd walk the streets of Market Street or walk to Petco Park or catch a game or, long story short, San Diego became home. Mm -hmm. And so I told myself one day and looked mom and dad in the eye, one day I'm going to live here. And I don't mean, like, here in the county. I mean, like, here dead ass in the center of the city. Like, here. If I'm venturing around the city, I want to live in the city. And so uh, fast forward. I ended up living right in the city. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a very cool experience. I met a lot of amazing people. I got to do a lot of amazing things. But So, like, okay, you you graduate high school. You're still playing travel ball? No. Or so during high school, right? I went to college. college. Still went to college. Yeah, I played for Sonoma State. Um, blew my arm out, like, my sophomore year. That's what Oof. happened. Yeah. Um, of course, everyone, you know, who's an aspiring athlete in this area wants to go play D2, D1. So I was one of those kids who was also like, I'm going to play college baseball. I'm a Knox baseball I'm gonna take player. My, <laughs> I'm going to take a lifted truck, drive it straight drive to MLB Stadium. Straight to Sonoma State where the freaking San Francisco Giants themselves are going to, you know, draft me across from that Golden <laughs> Gate. And I'm going to make it. And I'm going to be put on the map. Well, um... Yeah, different plan. My arm freaking blew out. <laughs> so, Fuck. yeah, I, I started having troubles actually like my junior, senior year. So I kind of need like going to college to try to do this. Yeah, it ain't going to be a long haul, but let's still do it. Um, That was actually, funny enough, on the contrary, that was a, that wasn't the Josh I wanted to be. That was the one that was, that was the facade. That was the one that was trying to impress mom and dad and everyone around here. Right. Yeah. Now, I want to go, I want to touch back on, uh, High school, Josh. Because that, that's who I remember. This is the first time See? I've seen you <clears throat> since high school. A little different, right? A little bit. I mean, you didn't have as many tattoos back then. I don't think I had any. But, <laughs> um, but right now you seem like a... Well, here, let me first explain. I never really talked to you in high school at all. Yeah. I, I was a grade younger than you. Uh, group, different groups of friends. I was a fucking band kid. I was in yeah. drumline and shit. You were the cool guy on the baseball team. Yeah. But I'm gonna be honest, dude. You looked like a douchebag in high school, right? <laughs> which, which, which is, it's okay because that's not what I perceive you as right now. 
That's and that's incredible. I love that. I, now, I love that a hundred percent. Now was this Josh inside that Josh the whole time? Yeah, in a, a hun- homo, but absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. It was on the deepest, deepest inner part of me. Um, <laughs> Wait, but, you don't have to say it like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but on on the realness, yes, dude. This was kind of this was kind of always what it was. And keep in, keep in mind too, like the Josh I was in high school. I was trying to be someone I wasn't, homie. Like, as much as, oh, he's a douchebag. He's this and that. He's a cool guy. Fuck that guy, dude. If I ever saw him right now, I'd beat his ass, you know? So it's like. Hey. And, and that's, that's the thing with um, with people people that you know in high school. Like, they'll act. They, when you meet them a couple years later down the road, once they've. Once their little group of friends has broken away and they don't talk to each other, dude. Like a lot of the times, those people deep down inside, they're fucking cool people. They yeah. were just acting dicks because everyone around them was their feather, their flock. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And like, keep in mind, I don't even got name names, but we know who my group was at that time. <laughs> How many of those people do you still talk to? Damn. How many of them do I follow on any social media? Damn. How, How many of them still follow me? That's what I was gonna say. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> so let's hey, just... how many of them about your stuff? That's the funniest part, you know? Um, none. <laughs> but always, some of them always want to text me and say, yo, how much for this and that? And uh, like, I make nice shit. So it's going to be priced nice. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. You changed. Dude, yeah. You changed, bro. Sell out. That's the contrary, dude. <laughs> dude that's... San, San Diego changed you, dude. What happened you're, to so, playing... you're so different, bro. What happened to playing baseball on the fucking I have people. Dude, bro. I have people... Um, Dude, ever since you sold your truck, you've been different, You've been bro. different, man. <laughs> I have had people tell me, like, I brought my girlfriend from Los Angeles down here, too. Uh-huh. Or um, up to Modesto with me. Yeah, right? From L.A. up to Modesto? Yeah. Yeah. And um, she's born and raised from SoCal. She okay. doesn't know any bullshit around here or anything that goes on. Keep it, Good here's for her. A, here's a crazier thing. She's never seen, like trees and orchards or anything wow she's from los angeles she's from the desert wow. and city all they see is in and out so <laughs> once no she actually said oh you guys love your mcdonald's up here and i'm like we have in and out and i'm like what like what out of everything hey, in northern you, california mcdonald's were you like babe after every baseball game we went to fucking in and out every <laughs> friday night you know you don't so, even know <laughs> yeah so she was like mesmerized by the way even looked up here she thought it was a completely different state but um she hears it all the time she hears people from like who will bring up one of my first girlfriends from like high school or like back when i was even in high school and they would tell her you know josh used to blah 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 and she'd be like why why are you guys talking to me about josh from when he was a child and i'm not even (laughs) from here i'm from los angeles so she's also like "What, what but um I like how you brought that up because that's one of the things I don't talk about is because the other day I posted a picture of me and my letterman mm-hmm. and it went 50-50. Some people were laughing their ass off at it and some people were like, dude, you did not just post a picture of you and your letterman. And I was like, yeah, as crazy as it seems, there's people out there that still look at me that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I saw that yeah. post. And I was like, so yeah, as you're like, dude, why are you posting that? That's the point. As mind-blowing as that is, that's what I deal with every day. I'm mind blown that people still think I'm that Josh. I have people who visit San Diego when I was living there who I haven't talked to in years. And keep in mind, it's San Diego. People vacate there. Hey, dude, give me all the guests. Hey, what are you doing? Yada, yada. Whatever. Let, <laughs> let me kick it with Josh, right? Yeah. And uh, the next thing you know, no reply, ghost, whatever it is. Like it clicked into them. Like, yo, I just hit up Josh, the guy I 
once thought I was whatever. Best and, friends. Uh, best friend, you name it. And then uh, it always end with, you know, safe travels. Keep right. in mind that you are now vacationing where I live. So that's right. where I had to like let them know. And it was like a very big aviance of things because when you start a brand too and when you're trying to push it, you're not trying to be the cocky asshole. You're trying to get people like you and your brand. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. But at the same time, my brand has a very declared message to where those who think I'm a cocky asshole, that's why the brand was made for you. And those who think I'm not a cocky asshole, the brand was made for you. So, so it's like... I had a question. What? How'd you come up with the name? What is there okay. anything that inspired it? Or so, believe it or not, I am a very devoted um, religious Christian man. I just don't like the facade of it when people say, "Oh, dude, I'm perfect." We're not yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, we're all imperfect. We're all what are we all sinners? Oh, so, uh, he said it. He yeah. Said <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so, and so um, the whole concept was. We are in a small-minded town that's very conservative, my friends. Very, very. Yeah, and we all know that everyone here, as we know, who has an image of you tends to keep that image of you. So uh, to many here, I am that gnarly, sinning, crazy, batshit guy who goes to clubs and lives the influencer life and does yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Well, you name it, whatever. And then there's those people in San Diego who, like, revere me for that experience, who come to me for advice and stuff right. you know if someone tends to mess up with me or you know the brand isn't 100 percent perfect so i have workers teammates partners who uh <laughs> they mess up every now and then and so uh i'm more inclined for someone who's messed up all his life and has barely started to learn the equation to doing it right i'm more inclined to be more accepting of people mm. and more forgiving of people so uh it's the ultimate sense of thinking like we have the bad misconception of a sinner's a sinner, this and that. They do bad, they do wrong, uh, they sin. But in reality, through their experience in life and what they gain, they have learned to become forgiven. So they're more tending to want to forgive others. Whereas mm -hmm. a forgiver is what? They think they have the right to even, oh, I forgive you. They think they have that power to forgive someone. Who are they in the first place? Why do they yeah. even revere you in the point of like judging or so on and so on? So it's a mix max conception is what I'm trying to portray ultimately in a testimony in my life too is everything I've met and everyone I've ever worked with and the people who've judged me even from like childhood friends Enochs all the way up until now and what I'm trying to portray is uh the sinner isn't the bad and the forgiver isn't the good there is really like no such thing because in order to become a forgiver you have had to want to do what sin right mm -hmm. yeah so it's uh that's kind of what I want to go in depth about. And so, like, the same thing as a forgiver. I've had people come to me and say, hey, bro, can you not put any black in your piece? And can you not mention anything about a sinner? And can you just make it forgiver? <laughs> Which is inclining that, hey, dude, I don't want anything to do with the bad part of it. I want to be pure. I want to be perfect. I, there's nothing wrong, you know? And yeah. I'm like, dude, that's why I made the brand, for people like you, <laughs> for people who think they're perfect. Because no one is, man. Yeah. And so I know that was a very elongated version of it, but that is No, I like it. That's essentially what what it was about was it was a it was a way to slam in people's face without saying, you know, obviously I knew when I went to SoCal, I proved myself. I did amazing things that most didn't. And so rather than having to proclaim that and to tell people that, I just made a brand. And how they feel about it will describe it their own selves rather than my brand having to do so. Okay. So and how do how do your parents how do they react to this 
pretty drastic change, right? Yeah, very drastic. Dude, when I got... Sorry to cut yeah. you off, but I just want to give my... Because I have a couple tattoos. Yeah. But when... This was my... Well, this is not my first one. These were my first ones. These stick and pokes. But when I got this, my mom was so pissed off, dude. She said, I... T- I I, re- I remember her exact word. She says, "What the hell? All your life, I spent taking care of you, so you didn't fall, get any scars, hurt yourself, just for you to put this on your body forever." <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, it says mom on it. What are you mean? <laughs> this one's for you, mom." <laughs> now, mine aren't that extreme, but you're a little different. You look a little different. Yeah. We're a little blasted over here. Um, so. I love art. Obviously, I'm an artist. Uh, aside from the clothes, I paint, I draw, I do all of it. And like, aside from like, it's hard. It's very hard telling people. I'm like, oh, do you own a brand? Yes, I do. But uh, I'm a designer. I make shit. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I, my mom would always tell me, they piggyback, uh, piggybacking off of that is, uh, they love what I do. They kind of always knew I had this in my hands. And to even let them know like what the meaning and message behind it as well. They love it even more. So um, my mom would always tell me that um, growing up when I got Legos, most kids would read the instruction manuals and build what's on the box. Apparently, when I was younger, I would have a big old box of just multiple assorted Legos, and I would freelance build stuff. Oh, shit. Yeah, no instructions I, needed. No instructions. And I'm a oh, young, yeah. young, young kid, and I'd be waking her up at 6, 7 in the morning, like, boom, look at this giant-ass plane I'm <laughs> And so uh, she told me, dude, kid, you've always been doing stuff like this, so we always knew you'd be making stuff. But as far as the tattoos, my mom and I, my parents and I, but especially my mom and I, she's, we have a very transparent relationship. There's there's nothing hidden from that woman, which is uh. Well, I mean, they're not very easy to hide either. Yeah, I actually had a couple of finger ones. Then I had the crown and the cross, and I think I had, I think that was it, just two. And she didn't notice them for the longest time. Really? And they were on my hands. So eventually, I'm like doing this deliberately in her face, and she's just like, "What?" And I'm like, "Have you not noticed?" <laughs> so I showed her, and so I made a vouch from that day on. Like every time I get a tattoo, I'm either gonna be, you're gonna be the first one I tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you at some point. Right. So she's seen every single one of these, or she knew about them. Most of them are dedicated uh, in some way to her. She loves her birds. She has, like, a aviary. Oh, uh, that's cool. That's yeah. really cool. So all her birds are dedication because of so, and then uh, flowers as well. She has her own garden, so I love my flowers. Um, I was going to say there's – we were watching this documentary. I'm pretty sure it was the little peep one. Was it Lil Peep who said that um, when he first started getting his face tattoos or his tattoos in general, he kind of did it in order to, like, motivate himself to not have a normal job? Or am I completely... Okay. Yes. Do you relate to that at all? So, I 100% relate to that because I got my finger tats and hand tats before, honestly, anything else. Mm -hmm. And uh, I worked at Nordstrom at the time, which is kind of like what got me into making my own brand was uh, I worked in freaking Nordstrom. Which is like the number one retail in most of the country, and um, I was like finger tats, you know. I gotta wear suits. If if Nordstrom declines me, chances are everyone's gonna decline. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Nordstrom actually hired me because of it. Wow, really? Yeah, the manager straight looked me in the face and said, "Look at who we have on staff," which were you know middle aged men, and she said, "We need 
You know, we need you to. We need some fresh blood. We need some fresh. Yeah. We need kids looking like you coming in, not wanting to shop with Arthur, who's 60 years old, <laughs> but with Josh, who's, you know, 22 and tatted up. Yeah. And so uh, I'm 25 now, by the way, so that should tell you how long ago that was. But, Damn. Um, yeah. Sorry, bro. I turned 25 this year. 25 is a weird age, man. 25, I'm like, all my life, I'm like, I'm doing most of everyone. And at age 25, I'm like, all right, I got to start. Stepping it up, yeah. What the fuck? Am Afterburners I doing? <laughs> on, yeah. So it's uh, that's why I'm also up here too. I was like, do I really renew a lease in SoCal? Hmm. Do I go on more yachts? Do I go to more clubs? Do I do more of that bullshit? But I was like, uh, no. Let's home. go back to the let's hundred degree weather. It's trying to yeah, bring it back to relax. the roots. Exactly. So, so let's go smell some orchards. <laughs> Shit. How was how supportive was your girlfriend of that decision? Was she like super on board? Did it take some convincing? So my girlfriend is my damn teammate. She's uh my best friend. Her and I are gonna we we're the empire. Yeah, like a hands down. I like that. Yeah, that girl's my partner. Um she was with me. She's seen all stages of me. When I came to San Diego, she was literally the first woman I met. And so she's seen the YouTuber partier. She's seen the Nordstrom guy in a tie making sales to people <laughs> in New York calling me to uh she's seen it all. And she's even seen to like the point of where, you know, Nordstrom's great. I love Nordstrom. Um, I was a stylist, <laughs> and I did amazing stuff with Nordstrom. But she saw that even towards the end, you know, my time, value, and worth was not worth the Nordstrom payroll. Right. And so uh, even came to the conclusion of I started wearing my brand. I actually weaseled my way kind of at Nordstrom. I put all my personal designer and brand information on my Nordstrom business card. Okay. So whenever I had a client, he's like, yo, you got a card? I'm like, yes, I do, sir. And on there is everything else you want to know. Hell yeah. And so on top of that, I wore like um, sinners at Nordstrom. And then finally, finally, I knew this shit was coming. They pulled me aside and they are just like, all right, man, two things. You wear sinners, you don't work at Nordstrom. And I was like, oh, shit. And so they're like, or, you know, if you wear sinners, then that's it, you know. You and can you can wear sinners just outside of the store. Exactly. <laughs> because I people were legit asking, like, where did you get that? Where did you get that? And you know what I tell them? Here's my car. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, I was becoming Nordstrom's competitor right on the floor. And uh, we lost the light. It's all right. But, um, yeah, it finally, finally the day came. And I went home and I told my, it just flustered me. I remember walking off the floor that day and I was like, oh, hell no. And uh, they were kind of weaseling me out too. It was during right. COVID. They were like, oh, you got a cough. Don't come here for 10 days. And I was yeah. just like, dude, I just want to work. You know, so I was like, it. they were just, they knew it was coming towards an end. So finally, eventually when I came home and I sat down with my girlfriend and I told her like, we all love Nordstrom, you know, we love what I'm doing, but... Uh, we can't shop there anymore. We, we can't really shop there anymore, and, uh, they're treating me like shit, so uh, what are we doing here? And then she's like, you know what? I had a homie at the time, too, and I was like, the t-shirts I was... My bad. Man, and I'm the one who took a dab. And so, uh, <laughs> anyway... Um, I finally was like, dude, we gotta do this. So at the same time, like, we're gonna piggyback this. I decided to sell my first shirts ever. Four sinners. I sold out in two days. And so that was just a big green light moment. And I told her, I said, how would you feel if I just went f like full entrepreneur? Just full entrepreneur. Just quit the nine to five. Just no guaranteed paycheck. Just. And she was like, do it. Uh, I was like, 
That's fucking dope. Fuck yeah. So then I've always been respectful of like quitting jobs. That's always been me. Or getting fired. Shouts to Men's Warehouse. You're like, we might lose the place we live in. Yeah. But Well, actually I upgraded. Oh. After quitting Nordstrom, that's when I got the penthouse in downtown. And then I realized I was five minutes from Nordstrom rather than driving 30 minutes. And I was like, well, that was stupid. What were you living in before? I was living in a two-bedroom apartment. It was still a high-rise, third floor. But it was right by, like, Carlsbad, San Marcos area. Oh, yeah. Carlsbad's so, like, nice. think of – sorry if this mic, but – Fucking Legoland, bro. Yeah, keep in mind is uh, you got it like this. We were up here in downtown's way down here. So it was a good, like, 30, 45-minute trek of a difference. Right. Yeah. And um, it's like driving from here to kind of Livermore essentially or tracy that's okay. a fucking drive too yeah and Fuck that was that just guy. the same work. that was the same district and i was doing that every every day you know and Damn. i was just like god and so um i remember going to north from that day and guess what i wore i wore sinners <laughs> <laughs> and so i walked in and i was just waiting i was just pacing and next thing you know the assistant comes out and she's like the dude's name was stan keel and if he's watching this i do not apologize man um <laughs> st keel calls me into the office and uh, he was like, oh, looky here. It's a ghost. Because he legit hasn't seen me in so many days. I've been a ghost of Nordstrom. Right. I was like ready to quit that place. And he just laid it on me. He's like, okay, what are you planning on doing? He said, I know this brand is your passion. I know you're doing it. Like, he was real. So I respect that. And at the same time, he's like, but if you work here, you know, you're going to have to earn your hours back and all this BS. And I was like... You know what? Let me think about it. I'll, I'll let you know. Like, <laughs> let me think about it. Which was already a given decision. Dude, I go out to the floor. You know what my thinking was? Huh. <laughs> didn't even say bye to anyone. Just got up and disappeared. <laughs> they probably went out there 30 minutes later. Even my clients probably walked in that day and were like, hey, is Josh here? I had an appointment with Josh. Where's he at? Oh, <laughs> uh, he should be out there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> And so that was the last time I went Nordstrom. I did not set foot in that place because, God, I love Nordstrom. So that should kind of tell you how much I love my brand and the quality of it is that I did not set foot in that place for eight months, seven months. They might still be looking for you. I think so, bro. (laughs) I think so. I remember I think this was such a cool moment, and, like, I hope everyone gets a moment like this at some point in their life. I had um, the designer department there really did not like me because as a stylist, you you can sell at any department. Mm-hmm. So if Johnny wanted to come in and buy underwear from men's sportswear and buy a jacket from designer and then buy a dress from women's, I'm going with him on all of that. And I'm taking everyone's sales. Sorry, sucks, but I'm here to make money, not freaking friends. So um, that was designer department hate me because I just sold like an animal on the designer department. So mm-hmm. one day I get a call from Frank's from Los Angeles and uh, loves my brand. He calls me. He's like, yo. And I'm like, what's up? And he goes, are you cool? Are you cool guys here in Nordstrom? And I'm like, I don't like anyone there. And he goes, I, I thought so. He, he's all tied up. He's, a, he's cool as fuck. And he's like, I, I thought so. I'm like, why, bro? He said, some guys came up to me and they're like, is that Josh's brand? And so then I realized at that moment, old coworkers of mine recognized my brand on yeah. a customer. And they were probably just like, no way, dude. Josh's brand is on a dude here who's shopping in the designer department. And apparently they went up to him like, yeah, he's our homie. And my homie was like, you ain't his homie. Uh, that's <laughs> and funny, so that man. was kind of the first moment I realized, okay, dude, I'm on the right path. Yeah. Yeah, full circle stuff is always an indication of, you know. You're doing something right. You're doing. Now, Yeah. I want to backtrack a little bit. Go for so it. So you, you were already wearing some of your clothing mm-hmm. at Nordstrom's. 
When yeah. did this idea like come to your head? Like and when did you when did you decide like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this right now? I actually had this idea made in twenty sixteen, seventeen. Scrapped it four times. Absolutely hate it. Um I had an ex girlfriend at the time who uh she was uh I was a very ungrown man at the time. And I thought it was the solution to all was this brand. And she shot it out of the sky. Another reason why Damn. I love my girlfriend right now is she anything I say to her, she knows it is. If I tell her the sky is gonna be red tomorrow, no way in hell will it be, but she'll be like, Yeah. <laughs> so she rides for me. But um in my extra shot out of the sky, she's just think it was the most moronic thing of her life. And so I scrapped it again. Um it was honestly Nordstrom, Nordstrom and COVID and all that happening. I've always, always, always had the dream of owning and designing my own brand, something. I wanted something, my own name on it. I wanted to create something. And for me, clothing and fashion is huge for me because it's one of the only industries that it makes people feel different when they're in, ingressed in it. I can literally bring someone in and dress them in an outfit they probably never thought they could afford or wear or whatever or look that good in. And they're walking out feeling a completely different man or woman, you know. And so for me, that means a lot to make people feel good. I'm a giver. I really like giving. So uh, I would like to give the essence of wanting to provide more. So Nordstrom, being at Nordstrom and it being, you know, high class premium clothing. <laughs> when I was bored, dude, and when you had no customers because we had slow days. I'd be walking through the aisles grabbing clothes and going like this, like literally feeling fabrics. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, I could do better than this shit, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so um, the thing that got me, like, the moment that got me, like, light bulb doing this shit was Essentials. You guys know the brand Essentials? Uh, it sound, I, I've heard of it, yeah. It sounds it's familiar. like they're, like, black, and they have Essentials, black on black, or tan. Oh, yeah, I essentials. Think so, yeah. They're literally, like, the most plain shit you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, that brand is Fear of God. And they have, you know... I've heard of Fear of God. They have designer clothes, which is designer market, at least a rack or above clothing, 800, 900, 2K, 3K, you name it. The linens, everything, every fabric they use is phenomenal. Um, but they wanted to abide to all their customers, so they made a brand called... Not really a brand, they made their essentials. So it's like, if you're buying their $2,000 suit... Buy the essential T-shirt to layer underneath it. Yeah. Well, fear of God didn't know that Essentials was actually going to be bigger than their actual brand. Because <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. so, every more people could afford them. Exactly. So the original Essentials didn't even have fear of God on it. It just had Essentials on it, and it had fear of God tag on it. It was uh. literally labeled as their Essentials. It was like their underwear, and so it became huge. I'm talking like I will. This is such a small quantity. We had way more than this, but I would get forty T-shirts. And before they even hit the floor at Nordstrom, they would sell out. Damn. So finally, I contacted the buyer, the designer. I looked deeper into it because everyone at Nordstrom at this point realized I really loved fashion. I wasn't just trying to make money there. Like, I'm a designer. And figured out the cloth, figured out the manufacturer, figured out what they were doing. This dude was making a steal. And, like, not only that, he was talking my language. I love very minimalistic quality shit. My dream for my brand one day is to have... And no graphics on it like kind of similar to what i'm wearing now this t-shirt has nothing on it but it's mine you know and people know it's it's you josh made yeah. that yeah so that's my dream one day um so when i saw this guy's brand i was like really inspired i was like dude he's doing exactly what i wanted yeah. to do 
Funny enough, he's from Sacramento too. Damn. But I was like, he's doing exactly what I wanted to do. Like this guy's nailing it, and I don't get inspired easily. I'm like, that's probably the only cocky attribute I have is I, I tend to think my ideas are the ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so uh, that's the only downfall of what I think about. But um, he inspired the hell out of me. So I said, okay, you know what? He's using cotton. He's using vinyl. He's using two of the most basic things to make a great t-shirts, and he's selling them for about. You know, 50, 60, 40, whatever. And his hoodies are going for 90. I made my first t-shirts look exactly like his Essentials t-shirts, which could be copyright, whatever. Sorry, Jerry. Uh, but um, it said black on black sinners. So it was like black with black, black sinners letter. on top. But it looked exactly like the Essentials t-shirts. Right. These were the t-shirts I was wearing at Nordstrom. And everyone was asking, where you get that? And I let them know, it's my brand. It's not Essentials. Because Essentials was hitting at the time. Yeah. And so that's when I got one up smart and I started putting my stuff on the business cards. And then, you know, the first t-shirts I sold out of were? Nordstrom. Those ones. Yeah, exactly. And they were, they flew. So that's when I realized I was onto something. And so, uh, yeah, I pretty much wanted to be a competitive market, but that was the whole point. I didn't come into the market saying, I just want to start a brand and make money. I came into the market to be, you know, the hottest items competitor right out the gate. And uh, I was selling like wildfire. And then eventually I was like, okay, I'm onto something. And that was the moment. I had a friend too. Um, he came to me one night and he knows our freelance stuff. And this is also a turning point. He said, the next time I'm here, I want you to have shit for sale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of seeing stuff on the racks. I'm tired of seeing like things you just work on. The next time I'm here, I want to see shit for sale. I want to be able to buy something. And I'm just like, okay. And so I made t-shirts. And that that was the turning point. That was honestly that's what I always tell people is just just do it, just jump. Okay. All right. Let's fast forward a little bit. Because at this point you're making the clothing, correct? Mm-hmm. And I mean you still are, but let's fast forward to your first drop. Okay. How Season one or like the first drop ever? The one you were telling us about downstairs before this, where. You had people coming to your um, pop-ups, the screens. Your pop-ups, yeah. yes. How? When did you decide? You know, what, I need to make this this jump to to do this to make it the next, like to start making it myself. Yeah, to do your pop-up. What? What? Um, what led up to the pop-up? So, in light of that, I'm a very social presence at the time. Um, whenever I go somewhere new. Or whenever I've been absent, like for example, here in Modesto or the Bay Area, I told myself coming back, I do not want people to just be like, oh, Josh is back. Yeah. I want people to be like, oh, shit, Josh, Josh is, is back. back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, fuck. So um, I told myself when I go to San Diego, I'm going to be so damn loud. I want everyone to be like, who's this new kid, you know? And so my first friends are YouTubers. I gained my literal own fan base. I could pull up my Snapchat right now. And do, you have, wanna, do you want to name drop them or do you want to keep that to yourself? You know what? Let's name drop them only because uh, their name is Buttery Films. Connor Erickson, Medium Boy, Eli Steria, Lord Tito, Randy. Um, those are my roommates. And honestly, dude, and I know people are going to listen to this. You guys are some great homies. We made some fabulous damn memories. We had a lot of fun. But uh, money chicks and a bunch of other bullshit that comes with YouTube separated us. And I'll leave it at that because I don't want to hurt you guys too much on live. But, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. 
there uh, there's some unique gentlemen, but because of so, I have gained quite the base of following. Whether it's uh, you know, I always tell people too, Instagram looks good, but there's so many people I know who have so many amount of followers, and they do not have that amount of followers in person. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So I, you could take it as is. Some people, you know, I keep it black and white. You love me, you don't. I think if you're in the middle, that says more about you than you trying to be liked by everyone. You know. You should not be liked by everyone. Right. You should be someone's taste, and if they aren't your taste, tough luck. Don't take it offensive. So, uh, speaking of which, when I was doing that, it's like when I was in San Diego and I was uh, kind of portraying this whole persona of stuff. I wasn't there to be liked by everyone. Mm-hmm. I was there to uh, make a statement. I was there to do what I was gonna do, and uh, I think a lot of people in San Diego at the time as well. And even more so is they're shocked to see that I left because prior before even going there, I told myself it was going to be like a, a business stop. I gave myself a five-year plan. Okay. And so um, in that five years, I, I grew a number of people that whether they liked me or disliked me, it did not matter. Like I was saying, the presence in person as well as social media, I'm loud in both. People are like, dude, he's, he's so much on social media. Well, guess what when you meet me in person? <laughs> okay if i'm looking like i'm throwing a damn party on my story it's not a facade come show up okay like really not that hard we had a viral video from some bang energy models i was in my beamer we had them lean out of their jeep and throw us a bang actual energy drink mid freeway going like 60 70 miles an hour while I'm, while I'm driving the bmw and my homies out of the sunroof going toss it to me and that's that's Eli. That's who I'm talking about. But the point is, is I gained such a damn following point that when I, when I was eventually on my own past, and I was like, you know what? And people were keeping up with, he's starting a brand. He quit Nordstrom. He's uh, you know, he's up to something. He's not playing baseball. Anymore. Yeah. He, what the fuck is he doing? You know. And then I was just like, okay. Here's what I've been working on, guys. Come see my pop up. Ta-da. And all the clothes I've ever made recently. And so they're like, what? Well, at this too, we had ta- my tattoo artist giving out tattoos. And then we had um, all my like freelance paintings I had all over the walls as well. So like for the first time I heard people were like, holy shit, Josh is an artist. Holy shit, Josh makes clothes. And so that was the wow factor. Right. Yeah. And uh, I honestly did not believe how well we did that day. That was... Now, were you telling these people um, before your pop-up, were you telling them like, hey, you know what? I make I make clothes on the side. Or were you kind of keeping it to yourself to you said you know what, i'm ready for this pop-up time to tell everybody hey this was what I, this is what i've been doing the past few months or year or whatever so i was uh like i was saying i was a pretty uh you know loud persona when i was in san diego i have like my, my own little posse every night someone was at my penthouse or i was at some club or something you know every night we were doing something so the people that didn't hang out with me yeah it was a public announcement I'd be like, hey, I, you know, I'm a designer. I had to make clothes for a bit. But everyone that knew me were just like, dude, when the fuck are you going to do a pop-up? <laughs> like, when are you going to do something about this? Why do you have five racks of clothes in your house <laughs> just in your living room? And so I'd be like, you're right, dude. You're right. And so I just did it. I honestly just did it. And, like, being an entrepreneur, too, it's a different taste of medicine. It's like – you know you ain't getting money. You know you ain't getting paycheck. And God forbid, I am not going to be one of those, you know. It's a different time in the world, but I did not want to be one of the people depending on unemployment, you know. Right. I wanted to be, still to this day, I haven't collected EDD. I refuse to, mm-hmm. you know, because I've only been doing this for a year, so I've only been unemployed for a year. So realistically, 
I haven't been out of the route for that long, but hey, you're better than us, bro. We were living it up on EDD. It's a, <laughs> it's it's a thing, bro. I mean, it, hey, dude, COVID was kind of crazy. COVID's <laughs> fucked. Inflation's fucked. COVID it, checks everything. Were bro. Get that stimmy. Get that ADD. Definitely in that time, I've been hesitant. I was like, what about your your stimmy? Did you get your stimmy? Definitely got the stimmy. Yeah. What'd you do? Did you straight to the brand? That? Yeah. Dude, I sold my BMW for the brand. Yeah. What were you driving? What, what kind of BMW? E ninety two three thirty five. Oh, yeah. you know I got two BMWs outside. Oh yeah. I don't know if you saw them, but <laughs> no, one's in the garage. One's on no, the... I didn't, man. Oh, Mate. I can show you them later. Trade you, you a two thousand six Cobalt LS <laughs> four door, hundred thousand miles. E thirty six on jack stands in the garage. Do you know what that? I had an E thirty six, and you want to know what? It had the same life too. Jack stands. <laughs> It's it's. I'm just lazy, but it's coming off those jack stands here pretty soon. I promise. Yeah, dude. I we all, all E36 owners say that, and that was funny too. I started Brandon Pry before that, and you know what? We was a bunch of E36 drivers. I bought a two thousand dollar bucket, started building it. I was like, I'm gonna be a drifter in SoCal. I'm gonna be one of the whatever his name is who drifts professionally <laughs> and famous down there. But I was like, oh, I'm gonna be one of those guys. Could not get the car started for my damn life. <laughs> it was a damn lemon. And so <laughs> as I'm doing this, I'm starting a brand. I have a homies who all like drive E36s. And one of the guys would always say, hey, yo, where's your 3.6? Hey, 3.6, where's your 3.6? And eventually I was like, 3.6, 3.6s, 3.6. We're a group of 3.6s. So mm. I made a brand called 3.6s. And then it was pretty dope for a while until I realized I really want to <laughs> make a brand that's called Three Sixes. So just like my car died, so did that brand. <laughs> Full circle, like Full you said. Full circle, man. When Full you circle. when you're coming up with like ideas for like your designs, do you have like a do you have like a picture in your head, an image of your in your head of the person that you want to sell to specifically, or do you kind of just want your brand to be Kind of loved by everyone, and like anybody can relate to like what your message is. It, it option two probably, yeah. Um, I could literally talk here for an hour about what the brand means because it has multiple different interpretations. It's right. hard. It's hard to explain it because it is. Some people write books. Right. Some people preach at church. Some people talk to their friends about it. Some people, you know, be mentors. I built a brand. You know, so that's that's how I'm gonna story tell. You want to let right. it speak for itself. Yeah. yeah. So in case it's crazy, it's so crazy. And after doing this with you guys, I hope you guys see more of it. But each collection that comes out literally has to do with my life at that very moment. Mm. So like season one, this is crazy. Season one had a bunch of numbers on it. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. Had like on the back it said "Forgive, don't forget." Mm -hmm. Had some barbed wire. No one knew at the time, but Christmas Eve around December 23rd, I was arrested. Oh and if I had God. not gotten bailed out, your boy was not seeing the holidays. Damn. And we had a team member that was a part of the team and a part of the pop-ups and a part of, you know, the one that watched me and do stuff every day. Um, we had to remove her from the team and our scenario. And in retaliation, some things were said that in Southern California gets a man arrested. Oh. And so... Uh, <laughs> we got raided at 6 a.m. by SDPD. Jesus. ARs. The whole tidbit. It was a lot. And uh, luckily, I had a friend at the time that bailed me out. Um, it was a ride. And uh, the timing was, too, was our lease was up around, like, January 10th. So I was no. like, holy shit. If there wasn't a way to smack a door in your face, <laughs> this, is, this is the way to do it. 
So then it was the apartment we lived in, the complex we lived in too, was very strict. So once they heard about that, we knew we were going to get slammed out. There was yeah. no way we were going to renew with them. Uh, cops took our car because it was evidence. It was a mess. Damn. Um, obviously, if I'm here talking to you guys, I'm cleared you're, of everything. You're good. Yeah. I'm A-OK. I'm cleared of everything. Hey, what, what, what was Jill like? Dude, Oh my God! I'm saying well, this. Well, how long were you? So there? let's here. If we're on the topic of how different I am, um, I've seen Jill about four or five times. Oh fuck! Okay. Yeah, and uh, I have a clean record, so I have a damn good lawyer, and I have a really good legal account for mm. bails <laughs> when it's bad. Um, because one thing I was ever told from my mentor was, as you get bigger and as you do bigger things, so do your problems. Yeah. And uh, keep in mind, obviously, I, once I got this teammate at the time, I wasn't thinking, you know, I wasn't even going to backstab us. I wasn't thinking, oh, dude, this person is going to try to take every penny or every possible way just because they're not part of the team anymore. Right. But fast forward, um, that that collection, it had numbers on it, barbed wire, forgive, don't forget. Those numbers were my uh, inmate numbers. Oh, <laughs> oh that's shit. cool. And the barbed wire had to indicate jail barbed wire yeah. and the phrase on the back was i ain't ever forgiven that person or i forgive that person but i ain't ever forgetting it yeah. there's just no way in hell i'm ever gonna forget what they did yeah and so that shit sold out in san diego like crazy because right. everyone who knew me and knew what was going on in my life at the moment that was the hardest shit for them possible so that's the best way to describe my brand is uh you just never know what's gonna come out next. That's dope. Like for like, I'll tell you guys this in the podcast. Whoever's listening, uh, season three will have to do a lot with NorCal. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, people have not seen Redwood. We're gonna make it look like Twilight. Oh, bro, count me in. Okay, we're gonna let make me know. It look like damn Twilight. Hey, this we're guy... gonna get the fog. We're gonna get the trees. Oh, bro, we're gonna please. get. We're gonna make it look as as dope as possible. But yeah, beach people who have seen ninety degrees in November. Do not know what redwoods and fog and, and snow bro. looks like. So, um, I want people living in SoCal to be like, dude, what is that? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, that's literally what my dude, goal that's is. Dope. Because at the time, I want people to know, oh, Josh must be living in NorCal. Right. So, if I look back at it four years from now, I want to sit, you know, with my wife and be able to be like, oh, I remember season three. We <laughs> were in NorCal at that time. That's really cool. So, like, yeah. each season is just going to be, like, a chapter in your it's life. Chapter, and that's That's really cool. Yeah. Um, the One of the first collections I made was a private collection. Mm -hmm. And I had a private list of only my closest friends and family. Mm -hmm. So, a random person that came up to me, let me buy a shirt. It was so hard declining a sale. Yeah. I'm like, sorry, man. It's just for my closest friends and family. But each piece had, a like, a tattoo art on it. Oh. So, people were, like, wearing it and oh, be like, that's, that's the so sickest cool. art ever. And they would be like, yeah, dude, it's my homie's tattoo. Oh, that's yeah, exactly. so they were really wearing like so a we're piece all of all in in that um, friends and family drop were all the pieces the same or were each they... one of one. So yeah. okay, so yeah. when you made them, were you like, you know what, this one is for mom, this, this one's for dad, this one's for oh, dude, my dope. my travel ball coach. Which shouts out to you, Coach Nate. You're the homie. Hey, shout out Nate. Um, shout out Nate. He uh, he called me one day and he said, I need two of everything. And so that was a nice little pretty penny order. And I was like, holy shit. That's, oh, yeah. yeah, and that's what I realized. Wow, that's dope. And that's just support. You know, when you start everything, as much as you never want to take, you know, funds from f friends and family, you just want to give them free shit. Right. You're going to get that support. People just want to support you. That's their way of showing love. And th that's are, the beauty of it. Yeah. Those are real friends and yeah. real friends and family because yeah. 
there's there's a lot of people that um no matter what you do whether it's making clothing or photography or videography mm-hmm. or whatever there's some people that just they want discounts they they want discounts or oh, they ex- yeah. they expect you to do it for free and it's like dude if you're that's a dude it, it makes me so upset when like like if i have a friend that does photography and i'm like dude can you take these pictures for me when you know they're damn good at what they fucking do yeah. and they deserve a fucking paycheck for what they do and you and they ask them for like free or like not see asking some for some Money is money, right? It's but very, if you yeah. if you like, let's say somebody offers you, or if I offer the photographer, you know what? I can't pay you, but I can, I can give you this. Like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. In my eyes, that's fine. But when you're literally asking for something for free, it's just so like disrespectful to me. It's like, dude, like you're, you're wasting this person's time and talent and talent. Mm, yeah. See, I've had a, I had a homie at the time that would uh, ask me to do this, do that, do this. Would never pay me shit, which I don't mind. He's a homie. That's what I do. But um, eventually, it just came to the point where he would like literally show up and just start throwing stuff at me while I was at the desk. Like, yo, sew this for me. And that's when I was like, okay, thirty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he re- he refused to pay it. He's like, really, bro, really? I'm like, yeah, dude. You know what? Let me be real with you. How much stuff have I done for you? I've done this, 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 this. 30 bucks is all I'm asking for this time. Dude, and they get offended when you tell them that, when you throw it in they their face. And so it's so like... offended. He, funny you said that, he threw the money in my face. He went, here's your 30 bucks. <laughs> Dude, I, my reaction was he got a black guy immediately after. And this is no cap. This is a <laughs> Like, yeah. no, no reaction. And I was, it was just overdue, man. And uh, that was the first time I realized, holy shit, like, I'm not going to put up with this disrespect. Yeah. Like, yeah, it takes me five minutes to do, but it took me four years to learn, you know? And so it was like, it's crazy too. And like, another thing as well is because people I grew up with, they think, oh, I grew up with you, discount. Or I grew up with you, what's up, man? Let me congratulate you. High school friends. And it's like, dude, you're congratulating me, but we're, I, I literally have not talked to you in three or four years. Yeah. So when people see you starting to, you know, to be successful or, you know, yeah. whatever. Whatever they think success is, right? Because everything, yeah. everyone's perception of that is a little different. But when they see you doing a little better than you were doing, you know, a couple years before, just a yeah. bunch of people just start coming out of the woodwork. Like, hey. Just suddenly want to be your friend. It's yeah, the craziest exactly. thing ever. And, like, another thing you don't know, dude, like, maybe one day you guys will have me on here again and we could talk about it again. But uh, that was high school, dude. I had a whole ass sea of people in college. That I just recently weeded out in my life. And uh, college was something else. I was a part of a fraternity, had the ability to help found a fraternity, got to do all that. And dudes I legit thought would be, you know, lifelong friends. Turned out to be the most judgmental people of my entire life. Oh, shit. Yeah. And uh, it's even that, dude. It's just like, it's hard because as you were saying too, it's like, oh, dude, you had the asshole persona in uh high school and people would even say now I'm an asshole now or I look even more so worse than I did in high school but as much as that is uh people think that's a wall put up that's just simply how I've been molded now like you cannot be nice 
Like you can be nice to your loved ones. You respect yeah. respect is very clear and evident. Mm-hmm. It is like a bright light literally in the room that's dark. If if someone's respecting to you and you're respectful to them, it is very evident of, you know, the mutuality between that. And right. so through the processes of, you know, growing up and doing what I was doing with the brand and stuff and people popping up out of the blue, I've been able to have the opportunity to sit there and be like, yeah, but are you respecting me now because of what I'm doing or are you respecting me because you actually respect me? Right, yeah. And so uh, I'm very cutthroat and I burn bridges that some people like to say. I do that left and right. But I like I take relish in that, that I do not – when I see red flag, you're gone. Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. take shit. That's yeah. good. That's and because good of that, because of that, my quality of life of people are, you know. Yeah, I mean, you only better. want to keep the, the best around and exactly. the people that you know, that, you know, beneficial, mutually beneficial relationships. Exactly. Like obviously, you're not a friend with someone to gain something from them, but they should be such on the same page as you that they want to see you grow. Exactly. Right. You know. Right. So that exactly. that's my concept about people now, and I'm like, I'd have, I'm in the position now where I can look at person point blank and be like, "You're either it or you're not it," <laughs> and I'll be sure to let you know which one you are. But uh, yeah, cool. All right, before so you brought some stuff for us mm-hmm. to um mess around to with. mess around with because yeah. you're a very hands on person with your with your um I am with your brand. Mm-hmm. Now, before we pull that out, yep. if you could talk to, let's say, junior year Josh <laughs> right now, what would you tell him? Man, dead in the eye, tell him straight up. <laughs> Number Keep... one, don't be a fucking pussy. <laughs> um, for two, the people around you and the people you're trying to impress, including your family, will not give a shit what you do at this moment. They just want to see what's best beneficial for them. And number three, please, please, please do what makes you happy above all, no matter what. What do you think Junior or Josh would say back? <coughs> you think he'd listen? He'd hop in his lifted truck and go <laughs> hang out with his girlfriend. <laughs> Friends and ignore it's everything. Like, dude, are you said. almost done? I got bang- like, I got right, fingers bro, to hit. Let me put my Letterman back on. And I'm, I'm late to uh, the football game, and you I'm late to In and Out. But yeah, that's what I would say to him: is everything that you think is important now is not. Don't try and impress the people you're around, and do literally whatever makes you fucking happy. And that's what you're doing now. Yeah, that's so respectable because not a lot of people have the the guts to, to take pursue. the risks that you that you've been taking and. Um, and really just do what you love. Yeah, dude. It, it cost me my family. Mm-hmm. My family kicked. Not a lot of people know that. They're like, oh, dude, just Josh just got up and went to San Diego. Mm-hmm. No, my parents kicked me out. And there right. was no way in hell I was going to live in Modesto oh, and yeah. not with my parents. So it was like I deuced out. But I that that's even a conversation on its own. I went to my parents' house at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. one night. And this was at the time they did not want me at their house. Mm-hmm. We were not on good terms. I said, I know I'm not allowed to be here, blah, blah, blah. But I need to tell you guys something. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to San Diego. Packed my shit, packed the suit, packed the sweat set, packed essentials, packed the bag. Not coming back, not looking back. They legit rolled their eyes and Damn. thought I was not doing that. I called my mom at work at like 9 a.m. saying, hey, mom, just reached the grapevine. <laughs> and she uh, had to step out because she started bawling her eyes out. But uh, 
I had to like legit let them know like, yo, I'm this is this a is real. this is a new chapter. This is it. And they did not see me for the next four years. Damn. Yeah. When I brought my girlfriend home for the first time ever. Wow. <laughs> How was that? Uh, dude, <clears throat> I didn't tell her. It was kind of a asshole move on me, but it was just as overwhelming as it was for me too. Was when, the day I brought her home was uh I had to let her know, like, hey, by the way, <laughs> um, this is the first time my parents were seeing me too in four years, but it's <laughs> carried on mind. yeah but that's a gist dude i think back then i don't regret the loss of life i did for trying to be something i wasn't or do something i wasn't yeah. every kid around that age in high school learns it oh yeah but i'm 100 percent very proud of the man i am now there's people i still run to from that time and they look at me like what happened to you and i'm over here like dude this is the good part <laughs> you know it's just starting to this is a real me this is it yeah i Hell used to yeah. wear fucking you saw me, dude. I used to wear <laughs> pink polos and khaki shorts. Sperry's? Sperry. Holy shit. Yeah, the Sperry's. The Sperry age was kind of crazy. I'm over here wearing Onyx's boots and my brand. <laughs> so uh, That's fucking hard, bro. I yeah. respect that. I want to thank you, Josh, for being on the podcast for our first episode of the fourth season of this podcast. Fours. Fours. That's good. Yes, sir. Four is my lucky number. I got four, four, four. Look at that. What a coincidence. Here on my fingers. Um. We didn't even plan that out. Those are definitely my angel numbers. But, gentlemen, thank you for having me. Um, thank you for it, being here. It's been a pleasure to any, be able. Any shout-outs? Plugs? Any plugs? You wanna... Oh, man. So many. I'm a solo dolo type of guy. You're going to have to text. If you say a lot of stuff, you're going to have to text me this stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm not even bullshitting you. There's not a lot of people that, you know. Shout-out to my girlfriend. Plug. Yeah. Shout-out, babe. Her name's Aliyah Zamora, Spanish queen. She's beautiful. She's amazing. But shout out to you, babe. Thanks for riding with me from the beginning of this. And uh, we used to joke about me being on podcasts one day, and here I am. Um, shout out to Modesto, California. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for all you motherfuckers, I wouldn't have been able to do this because a lot of you are small-minded and doubted me. And uh, not only did I have something to prove to myself, I had something to come back to town with, so. Yeah, shout yourself yeah. out too, bro. Because I mean, social medias. What are they? Shout uh, yours truly. Um, I yeah, I, yeah. I went through it, guys. If you really know me, how about this? Shout out to ever who really knows me. You there know you I go. love you. You know what I've been through. You know the damn logo on my head right now means more than just the logo on my head. So, uh, that's a shout out to you guys from freaking San Diego to Los Angeles to the Bay freaking area. I love y'all. Thank you, boys. Thank you.